trusted voice of truth and light. God gave me a gift. I shovel well. I shovel very well. And a rally point for those who've accepted the reality that they are not sheep. We've got a blind date with destiny. And it looks like she's ordered the lobster. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Well, hello there and welcome to the show. This is not a program about me telling you what to think and you sitting there in adoration at my foot, you know, near my easy chair while I sit back, pipe in hand, perfectly brill-creamed hair, dispensing fatherly advice. Nope. I'm a simple truth seeker, probably like you are, and I'm just doing my best to uh, fight my way through the fog and disinformation and figure out which way is up as well as what can I do to improve the world around me. So I'm doing my best to to give you the best information I can find, but I'm not going to guarantee that this is the only way that things should be seen, and therefore you should believe every word I say. It's your mind. You get to make up your mind as to what you will believe, what you will entertain, and what you won't. And anybody who presumes to do it for you, I can say with confidence, is not doing so in your best interest. So thanks for being part of our growing audience of wrong thinkers. We have some great sponsors who make this program possible. In fact, if you find value in what I do, if you tune into this program because you just want to hear what's what's interesting, what's happening, what uh, what will help me better understand the world, if you find value, please let my sponsors know. They include MonticelloCollege.org, LifesavingFood.com, the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage in St. George, Utah, HSLAmmo.com. Sewing and Quilting Center in St. George, Utah, and GovernYourIncome.com. So I wanted to start with some good news today. Um, I'm going to put that in air quotes. Good news. You know how I can be certain that there is no such thing as mass formation psychosis taking place or taking hold in a large segment of the population? You know how I know there's no such thing? Because the major propaganda organs of our time, including big tech, Mass media and all their political allies have unanimously concluded no such thing exists. No. They say there is no evidence of pandemic mass information psychosis. All the fact checkers agree perfectly. And if we can't trust them to tell us the truth, uh, then who can we trust? Okay. Sarcasm off. This is a is a term that I know a lot of people are... Starting to hear for the first time, you know, mass formation psychosis. And I think Dr. Robert Malone is one of the people who has, has actually used this term um, appropriately and in its proper context. But here's the question that I have for you. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to <clears throat> put in your head that, oh, yeah, everybody's crazy except you and me. We're the only ones who, are, who aren't crazy, right? Right, George? Yeah, you're my friend, huh, George? You know, uh, No, I want you to consider whether it is possible for a majority of people to become so uh, pliable or malleable because of fear that they might cling to something that is not connected to reality. And there are some historical examples of this. In fact, um, I want to play for you just a very brief excerpt. This is from the Academy of Ideas. The manufacturing of a mass psychosis. Can sanity return to an insane world? This is powerful stuff. And it's a video that's linked in today's show notes. Check this out. The masses have never thirsted after truth. They turn aside from evidence that is not to their taste. 
preferring to deify error if error seduced them. Whoever can supply them with illusions is easily their master. Whoever attempts to destroy their illusions is always their victim. Diseases of the body can spread through a population and reach epidemic proportions, but so too can diseases of the mind. And of these epidemics of the latter variety, the mass psychosis is the most dangerous. During a mass psychosis, madness becomes the norm in a society, and delusionary beliefs spread like a contagion. But as delusions can take many forms, and as madness can manifest in countless ways, the specific manner in which a mass psychosis unfolds will differ based on the historical and cultural context of the infected society. In the past, mass psychoses have led to witch hunts, genocides, and even dancing manias. But in the modern era, it is the mass psychosis of totalitarianism that is the greatest threat. Totalitarianism, writes Arthur Verslewis, is the modern phenomenon of total centralized state power, coupled with the obliteration of individual human rights. In the totalized state, there are those in power, and there are the objectified masses, the victims. Okay, I'm going to stop it here, but uh, you get the idea. This is linked in the show notes, but it's about 16 and a half minutes long. Look, the Academy of Ideas, I think, does a really good job of of showing um, historical context and and very non-agendized, um, as in non-partisan information. That's hard to find these days, but uh, this is one of the reasons why I've I've become really fond of a lot of their material. And and I just want to just pose the question here. Um, right now, you know, the global elites are very triggered and they're closing ranks. And uh, they they and their propaganda institutions are now saying, well, there is no such thing as mass formation psychosis. In fact, I, I've got another article I'm going to link to that, uh, you know, this is the definitive big tech, big propaganda media, Reuters, the Associated Press, all joining together to refute the concept of mass formation psychosis. And then they've uh, been pushing their uh, collective narrative into the narrative engineering system. But you notice the examples that uh, that were mentioned in just the first few moments of this this video, witch burning, dancing mania, genocide. Okay, no, these are things that have actually happened. I mean, the War of the Worlds is another example of a mass psychosis. People believing things that were not true and being led to some pretty, you know, potentially destructive ends as a result of that disconnect from reality. So... I understand. For some people, he's just off on some conspiracy about mass uh, psychosis. But since everybody agrees that uh, this is, you know, this is the way things ought to be, why obviously the masses are right. Look, I, I don't mean to sound condescending, but the masses don't care about truth. It's like that very first quote. They really don't. You know what they do care about? They care about affirmation. They want people to pat them on the back and tell them they are the best of the best. They want checks with their names on them. They want somebody to assure them that everything is just great, even as the house is burning down around them. That's what the masses want. Now, the people who I would say are not a part of that that mass, that group think, that's what I would typify as uh, the remnant. Or I, I kind of like the term the wrong thinkers because, 
you have to be willing to to be labeled a wrong thinker to maintain your grasp on reality today. At least that's that's how it appears to me. So let's see. Here's a headline. This is from the Associated Press and Reuters. There is no evidence of pandemic mass formation psychosis. In fact, uh, here's here's the first line from from their article. Mass formation psychosis in quotation marks because it can't be real is not an academic term recognized in the field of psychology, nor is there evidence of any such phenomenon occurring during the COVID-19 pandemic. Multiple experts in crowd psychology have told writers in the Associated Press. So you see there, citizen, ha, there's nothing to see here. Look away, look away. There's nothing to see. Now, there are plenty of other links here, too, where these headlines are starting to get out there and populate the narrative and quickly rushing to fact check everything and stop people from recognizing what might be the cause of their own psychosis, their own disconnect from reality. And I'm, I'm using layman's terms, but my understanding, that's that's what makes a psychosis a psychosis. Well, this article from the conservative treehouse is in a world where things are no longer shocking. This is a little shocking in a weird and seemingly Orwellian kind of way. Yes, Alice, the same experts in media who are credibly accused of creating and enabling the mass formation psychosis are quick to assure us that no such reality exists. (laughs) And you can trust us because we say so. They've got a number of quotes here. This is from the AP. The concept has no academic credibility, says Stephen Riker, a social psychology professor at the University of St. Andrews in the UK, in an email to the Associated Press. Also, the term does not appear in the American Psychological Association's Dictionary of Psychology. Keep in mind, these are the same folks who voted to remove homosexual, compulsive homosexual behavior from the DSM back in the 1970s. Not because of science, but simply because of a political vote. So I'm just saying, you know... It may seem like, you know, well, you know, we've we've come a long way since the 1970s. I mean, come on, let's let's face it. Gay people are more accepted than ever. And it's it's true. But, you know, there there were mental health experts who were treating people who were engaging in compulsive same sex behavior. And I'm sorry, this this is probably going to seem a little bit indelicate, but a person who has anonymous sex with 12 different strangers in a truck stop restroom. That's not someone who's operating in a healthy mental space. I don't care how you spin it. We'll come back to this story about how there is no mass psychosis, or at least so say the uh, creators of mass psychosis. And there's also a great link in the show notes. Stick around. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. So, yeah, apparently there is no such thing as mass formation psychosis. How do we know? Well, because experts got together and said there is no mass psychosis. Especially, there is no mass psychosis involving anything around COVID-19. Oh, wait, what's this? Oh, look, here's an old press release from the Soviet Union. It also says... Nothing is wrong, especially near the power plant. Oh, it's the same same kind of dynamic here. Now, psychosis is a term that refers to conditions that involve some disconnect from reality. And this is from an AP article. According to National Institutes of Health estimates, 
about 3% of people experience some form of psychosis at some time in their lives. But they go on to say that the description of, and they always put this in quotes, mass formation psychosis offered by Dr. Robert Malone resembles discredited concepts such as mob mentality and group mind, (laughs) which we also know doesn't exist. According to John Drury, a social psychologist at the University of Sussex in the UK who studies collective behavior. The ideas suggest that when people form part of a psychological crowd, they lose their identities and their self-control. They become suggestible and primitive instinctive impulses predominate. We're supposed to pretend that doesn't exist. There is no such thing as mob mentality, group mind. I mean, you know, this guy's the expert, so I guess we should probably go with what he says. But at the same time, Is collectivism real or not? Because if it is, that seems like exactly the kind of thing that collectivists or those who wish to to control the collective would want people to believe. The article says this notion has been discredited by decades of research on crowd behavior. No respectable psychologist agrees with these ideas now. Well, just the same, I'd like to hear what some of the disrespectable psychologists have to say. You know just so I can make sure I'm actually getting a full view of what's going on. The article says multiple experts told the Associated Press that while there is evidence that groups can shape or influence one's behaviors and that people can and do believe falsehoods that are put forward by the leader of a group, those concepts do not involve the masses experiencing psychosis or hypnosis. Reuters offers this simultaneous rebuttal. Mass formation psychosis is not an academic term recognized in the field of psychology, nor is there any evidence of any such phenomenon occurring during the COVID-19 pandemic. This is like deja vu. Multiple experts in crowd psychology have told Reuters. There is no evidence to suggest a mass formation psychosis has occurred during the pandemic. Experts, which ones, told Reuters. They don't tell us which ones, but we're assured they're experts. So you better believe them. The term itself is not recognized among academics, and modern research into crowd psychology has shown that crowds do not behave in mindless or non-individualistic ways. <laughs> yeah, so so all those mostly peaceful protests really were just enlightened individuals that were, you know, just doing their best to, to bring justice about. Now, back to the article here from Conservative Treehouse, and I believe there is an author here. Nope. Well, Sundance is the one who who wrote this. I don't know who that is, but Sundance says, you know, once a collective group creates an alternate reality of itself, in this case, a totalitarian reality based on government needing to create an irrational illusion of fear that becomes part of the accepted national identity, how can anyone call attention to the outcomes without finding themselves in front of the Board of Inquisition who organizes the collective? Put another way, if the pod under your bed malfunctioned, but the pods under all the other beds in the city worked, what happens when you awaken and you realize you are not one of them, but you must engage in the world of them while looking for others like yourself whose pods hopefully malfunctioned? That's the current challenge for anyone trying to communicate on contrary evidence and yet avoid the ire from the collective board of COVID compliance who've successfully brainwashed the audience. There's a nice quote here from Lewis Carroll. This is from the novel Alice Through the Looking Glass. Quote, if I had a world of my own, everything would be nonsense. Nothing would be what it is because everything would be what it isn't. And contrary wise, what is wouldn't be. And what is 
And what it wouldn't be, it would, you see? So, here we are. Love the picture, too, that they include of a rabbit looking down a hole. (laughs) Kind of feels like where we are right now. One of the things that makes totalitarianism totalitarianism, you'll see this in the video that I share from the Academy of Ideas on the manufacturing of a mass psychosis, is that for totalitarianism to really gain hold, a faith has to be installed in a central leader of some sort. And I'm, I'm going to point to Dr. Fauci as, as comparable to other totalitarian leaders, even though he's really not the one who holds all the, the keys of power. But he has been set up as an almost godlike figure. Infallible, or as close to infallible as you can get. And therefore, people, you know, they wait for his pronouncements. Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, they ask, you know, hat in hand. Will we be able to hug our loved ones in the holidays, you know, and, and, and Fauci, I guess, you know, maybe because he's just kind of going along with it, probably feels good. Wow, these people really revere me. They think I'm some kind of God, you know, holds forth. Well, I think if we all double mask and if we insist on knowing that everybody is vaccinated, this is going to happen. Look, I don't claim any kind of superpowers other than I am a person who is super committed to finding and then living the truth as best I understand it. And one of the truths that I have devoted at least the last 30 years of my life to is understanding the principles and practices of freedom and learning to recognize those things which would undermine them or try to separate us from our personal freedoms. So I'm not, I hope it doesn't come off as a brag or a flex, but I've had some practice in, in noticing when someone is trying to gain control over me or anyone else. And having worked in the media for all this time, you know, I'm, I'm quite aware of, you know, the, the shifting of truth and the shaping of truth, sometimes by bold-faced lies and sometimes just simply by omission, the things we can't talk about. We don't, we don't refer to that. After all, no expert would agree with that. No sane person, no respectable psychologist would ever say that. The problem is so many of the disciplines out there, and this includes medicine and science, have become hopelessly politicized. And when you marry science with power, it can lead to a kind of deification of that science that can take us into some very disastrous directions. We're actually going to be talking more about that in, in the next couple of segments, we'll, we'll talk about getting the courts out of science, why the bastardization of the scientific method is so dangerous. But before we go there, I guess the, the nicest way I can put this, and I'm sorry, this is going to ruin some people's days, but um, we are, you and I are faced with a choice. Will you stand for the truth? Will you continue to speak the truth, even when the pressure against you is immense, And it's painful. It's not like, wow, gee, people disagree or people seem to misunderstand and think I'm, you know, I'm off on some weird lark. I don't think I don't think you quite grasp just how serious it's becoming until you realize there are people who are being trained and conditioned to hate you and to view you as the cause of their angst or their anger or their their suffering. They don't look to the people who are screwing with their minds 
They look to the people who are resisting having their minds tampered with. And they've been taught to see us as the enemy. Why? Because it destroys the illusion of unanimity. It destroys that that illusion of conformity and that everybody agrees. We're all on, you know, we're all on the same page here. Because clearly we aren't. When we come back from the break, I'm going to share with you a very important uh, message from Gary D. Barnett about why we have to continue to speak the truth. I know it seems pretty self-evident, right? Well, of course. Why would I speak anything but the truth? Well, I don't know. If someone was threatening your livelihood, if someone was threatening your personal well-being, your reputation, that's some pretty powerful incentive to either shut up or chant in unison with the rest of the masses. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, this program is brought to you by great sponsors like LifesavingFood.com. Just going to give you a couple examples of why you ought to click on the link that I provide in my show notes and see if they have something to offer that could help you. You know, whether you're a longtime preparedness person or you're just kind of new to the game, maybe it's time to consider having a few things on hand that could help you through difficult times, whether it be a rainy day, whether it be an unexpected job loss, or, you know, something larger, supply chain issues, I don't know, rampant inflation, a pandemic, world war, whatever it may be. Isn't it nice to know that you have something that you could fall back on? For instance, here is the uh, ReadyWise 7-Day Emergency Dry Bag. This is $110, 60 servings, and it's in a nice waterproof, weatherproof bag. And the beauty of these ReadyWise foods is all you have to do is just add water, hot or cold. You add water and you are good to go. Beautiful stuff. They've got gluten-free buckets. They've got uh, entrees and breakfasts and just uh, such a great variety of great stackable buckets with a 25-year shelf life of the for the food inside I hope you'll take a look at it. I hope if it's something you can use, you'll do business with lifesavingfood.com. 15% off, no sales tax, free delivery. It's a pretty sweet deal. And they will take care of my my uh, listeners. You'll be a very valued customer. So please check it out. Let's talk for a moment about the importance of speaking the truth. Because right now, if you want to be a truth speaker these days, you better have a stainless steel backbone. And it's because the masses are conditioned to see you, the wrong thinker, as the cause of their misery. Gary D. Barnett has just a few reasons why we can never stop speaking out. Only the truth will set us free. And he starts with a quotation from William Faulkner. Never be afraid to raise your voice for honesty and truth and compassion against injustice and lying and greed. If people all over the world would do this, it would change the earth. Gary Barnett says, We now live in a world consumed by what's currently being referred to as mass formation psychosis. Now, the phenomenon is not new, but it is very real. And considering today's fake pandemic madness, it has overwhelmed the entire planet at once. Now, this has never happened before on this scale in human history. So the risk of this collective insanity is nothing short of total devastation at the hands of tyrants. I know some people might <clears throat> might think he's being hyperbolic here. 
I think he's speaking a really plain but really unpleasant truth. You don't have to accept it, but for what it's worth, I don't, I don't think he's exaggerating on this. Gary Barnett says, while the term mass formation has taken center stage of late, this is simply a collective mentality where most all think as one in order to gain the approval of the group. To force communal gathering for the purpose of perceived safety, cling to the social norm of the moment, and of course vilify anyone who any who choose not to conform. And this has been properly compared to societal mass hypnosis, but again, never on such a scale as seen today. It happened in Stalinist Russia, Nazi Germany. It also happens in the build-up to war. False flag events used in the past in this country to stoke great fear have been able to achieve majority approval and collective support for heinous events. This happened due to the pre-planned attack on Pearl Harbor to get the people behind World War II. It happened in the lead-up to the Vietnam War due to the fake Gulf of Tonkin attack. It happened after the staged terror attack of 9-11 used to falsely legitimize aggressive war on the Middle East and in many other instances throughout history. Now, he says these events in the past that caused a breakdown of intellect, majority support for the evil state, and succumbing to the whims of the ruling class led to any sort of abuses not only against the victims of war, but also against the domestic populations as well. And while this tyranny levied by the state is always obvious to those who do not accept and always question the mainstream narrative, they are few in number compared to the compliant herd. It's probably something you've picked up on. Now mass psychosis has captured the globe, all due to a purposely fabricated hoax called a coronavirus pandemic. Now, just for the record, I'm going to tell you, I don't think that uh, the virus itself is a hoax. I think that it's legit. I think it was... I think it was a man-made virus, or at least a man-engineered virus, and uh, that it's actually causing some damage. Even so, let's not lose sight of the fact that 98-plus percent of people survive this. The people who are most at risk are the people with serious health risks or already at the end of their lives. So let's try to keep it into, you know, in perspective here. But the idea is, this time, we've got this uh, extreme worldwide mass collectivism brought about due to lies, to global collusion and conspiracy, causing unlimited crowd ignorance. And once the individual sacrificed for the meaningless common good, and the brainwashed hordes gather together in complete irresponsible solidarity, right? No single snowflake is responsible for the avalanche. All aspects of sanity disappear in favor of idiotic groupthink. Gary Barnett says once this occurs, totalitarian policies advance in full view of all, but they're mostly ignored by the general mob seeking to remain ignorant of reality. Accepting, understanding, and verifying the truth are all that would be necessary so that individual clarity could be achieved, something universally shunned by most, and that's brutally evident today. He says, people tend to see only what they want to see in order to establish and retain social recognition, social acceptance, and comfort in knowing that they are part of a majority and not alone. And he says, regardless of the weakness and the great folly of this type of behavior, it's a part of humanity that has always existed, but has usually been partially and temporarily discarded over time as the prevailing narrative broke down. This has not been the case in this current manufactured virus crisis, as the entire globe has been engulfed in this heavily propagated fraud. 
At no time in history has every country on earth acted in concert to push a single narrative. Even the thought of this happening is still mind-boggling, but he says it happened nonetheless. And this fact alone exposes that the herd mentality of the human animal is not only real, but inherent to the psyche of modern man. In order for something of this magnitude to take place, it's evident that the human population has regressed substantially considering an intellectual growth, responsibility, confidence in self, and a belief in the individual nature of man. They've instead been conditioned and accepted their indoctrination voluntarily, only for reliance on a false sense of comfort and safety of the crowd and dependency on others instead of self. Gary Barnett says, although people are social creatures, what has sustained humanity has been individual effort, tenacity, courage, and a strong driving force to be free. Those traits now only exist with a small minority, and if that minority is eliminated or driven out, the downfall of man will be the result. He says, this is why those of us who know the truth can never stop speaking out and spreading that truth. Speaking truth to power is vitally important and necessary. But it's not enough. Speaking truth to all everywhere, at least to all willing to listen, and doing so continuously in order to wake the hypnotically controlled minds of the masses is imperative. He says what was once considered to be somewhat normal society with a higher percentage of individual thinkers over time became a controlled and indifferent society dependent on foreign substances to calm all their anxieties, courage, toughness, confidence in the body's natural ability to fight off life's diseases and mental anxieties disappeared in favor of an escape from reality. And he says this escape was fomented in part by the indoctrination and dumbing down of the general population with the help of the same financial, educational, medical, pharmaceutical, and governing bodies responsible for the creation of this fraudulent pandemic. Germ theory alone allowed for the mass distribution of chemical remedies for almost every ailment and every so-called mental condition. This leading to a society fully dependent on fake psychological diagnoses of fictitious fictitious maladies and the use of non-natural drug treatments. And he says the result has been the creation of a societal shift from one of more prevalent personal responsibility to one of almost total dependence. And this happened incrementally affecting the physical body and also the minds of individuals and resulting in a collective dependency by the masses. So what is being called mass formation, which naturally leads to mass psychosis, has become the norm, not only in this country, but in the rest of the world as well. Is it any wonder that we are in this state of madness and the fast-approaching world totalitarianism? Gary Barnett's advice is never relent, never keep quiet, always speak against the state and its false narratives. Never sit idle in the face of tyranny and never allow apathy to invade your psyche. He says, do not quit writing, making podcasts and videos and spreading all factual information so that others, even those with closed minds, have at least the opportunity to see the light. He says, the truth is our salvation. The more of us exposing the lies, the more of us with courage to speak out, the more of us willing to disobey orders and mandates, the more chance that others may follow suit. Silence is not an option unless servitude is to be guaranteed. This is The Brian Hyde Show. 
This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, welcome back to the to the show. <laughs> welcome back to the news. <laughs> I, that was the weirdest Freudian slip ever. It's probably because I've been talking about psychological stuff today. I probably need some time on the, on the couch of a, a good, competent psychologist to tell me what it is. Why, where have I disconnected from reality? Why am I so out of step with the masses? And yet, you know what? I don't feel like I am in the wrong here for being out of step with a majority of people. Not because I'm better than them or I'm somehow more special, but simply because something's not right. And I'm, and I'm so grateful for those who've helped to break the spell. Honestly, I think the debt of gratitude that a number of people owe Joe Rogan right now is uh, it's, it's very real. Millions and millions of people have, uh, have looked at Joe Rogan and said, you know, this guy is asking some pretty good questions. And he's actually letting his guest answer and not insisting that they be, you know, held to this rigid three by five index card of approved opinion. And that's the kind of stuff it takes. Just somebody with the courage to to seek truth and go wherever the truth leads them. And in this case, uh, look at that. The emperor has no clothes. By the way, if you are uh, one of the people who's relocating to the Intermountain West right now, and there's a lot of people coming here. A friend sent me a chart last night. Holy cow. There are a lot of people coming to what I, I, I presume is seen as an island of freedom. And I don't disagree. There's, there's a lot more freedom to be found here, even though things aren't perfect. This, this isn't a utopian situation, but it's a lot better here than in places that are much more lockdown intensive. So if you're one of those people migrating to the Intermountain West, if you're looking for a home, particularly in the state of Utah, I'd like you to get in touch with the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage in St. George. If you're anywhere in the state of Utah, the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage can help you. Reach out and call her at 435-703-4522. Heather's NMLS ID is 715386. And yes, Patriot Home Mortgage is an equal housing opportunity lender. Let's talk for a moment about what happened last week. I know there was a lot of interest in the Supreme Court hearing, uh, hearing the, the case of vaccine mandates in the workplace that uh, have been proposed by the president. And I don't know how anybody who listened to that, uh, that hearing could still believe credibly that, uh, you know, our judiciary hasn't been compromised by activism. In fact, just just the few excerpts that I've seen, it's like, no, it's, it's fatally compromised. Jeffrey Tucker from the Brownstone Institute sums it up very nicely in a piece about getting the courts out of science. And he says, this morning, I listened to the oral arguments in the case of the Biden administration's vaccine mandates as enforced by OSHA. And he says it was a demoralizing experience. I heard some crazy things, such as a claim that 750 million Americans just got COVID yesterday and that 100,000 kids with COVID are in the hospital, many on ventilators. Now, the correct number is 3,300 people with positive tests, but not necessarily suffering from COVID. Now, he says, I further heard strong claims that vaccines block disease spread, despite every bit of evidence to the contrary. By the way, I, I did see with my own eyes and hear with my own ears the director of the CDC, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, saying that, uh, yes, we've reached the point where vaccines are not enough to stop the spread. Take that for what it's worth. Now, Jeffrey Tucker says, it was my first time hearing oral arguments in the Supreme Court. 
I might have thought that facts on the ground would actually matter to people who are holding the fate of human liberty in their hands. I might have thought that they would be getting their information from somewhere other than their political intuition, mixed with wildly inaccurate claims from bloggers and media pundits. But he says, I was wrong. And that is deeply alarming. Or maybe it's a call, a wake-up call to us all. We have learned today that these people are no smarter than our neighbors, and he's talking about the Supreme Court justices, no more qualified to address complicated questions than our friends, and arguably less informed than the Twitter sphere about basic issues of COVID and public health. Now, the backdrop of the arguments that he was listening to was that 74% of Americans of all ages have had at least one shot. Meanwhile, case numbers are up 500% in many places. And 721,000 new cases have been logged throughout the country. And that's obviously a large underestimate because it doesn't count at-home tests which are selling out in stores around the country. Now, the extremely obvious point, the most basic observation one can make about this data, is that vaccinations are not controlling the spread. This has already been granted by the CDC and every other authority. So no matter what people say in retrospect, Jeffrey Tucker says, I seriously doubt that anyone would have predicted a future in which the pandemic highs would be reached following mass vaccination. And it's not only true in the U.S., but also all over the world. However much they help with mitigating severe outcomes of the disease, at least for a time, they have not been successful in stopping the spread of the virus. They will not end the pandemic. And yet, he says, as far as I can understand it, that's the whole point of the vaccine mandate. It's to protect workers from getting COVID. There is zero evidence that this is possible with mass mandates in the workforce. People can and are getting COVID anywhere and everywhere, among which surely means the workplace, too. And the vaccine is not stopping that. What will bring this pandemic to an end will not be the vaccines, but the adaptation of human immune systems, exposed and then developing resilience. Now, apparently there was not one mention of natural immunity during the oral arguments before the court, which is truly astounding. He says, from what I could hear, there was a strangely truncated environment in which no one was willing to say certain obvious truths, almost as if a preset orthodoxy had been defined at the outset. There were certain givens that simply were not questioned, namely that this is a disease without precedent, that the state can stop it, and that vaccines are the best ticket we have, that the unvaccinated have absolutely no good reason to remain that way. Now, he says, to be sure, the oral arguments aren't what decides a case. The briefs filed for the court are much better on the side of of opposing the mandates, while the briefs for the mandates are filled with untruths that are easily exploded. And so he says, in the end, it's very likely the mandate will be struck down in a 6-3 to vote. And he says, I'm glad for that. We should be relieved. However, we do need to do some some serious thinking about what's going on here. We're talking about a mandate that profoundly affects the health and well-being of millions of people. The question of whether someone should take the vaccine is bound up with extremely complex empirical questions, and opinions run in every direction. From those who think it's the greatest gift of modern science to those who think the vaccines themselves are not only dangerous, but also unleashing ever more variants. Now, these are matters of science, and they should be subject to debate with the final choices made by individuals. But he says what absolutely cannot happen in any free, civilized, and stable country is to have such fundamental questions of liberty and bodily autonomy 
adjudicated by a panel of lawyers who have limited curiosity in the science and a lack of knowledge of facts on the ground that are available to anyone who cares and who get their basic facts about a pandemic from TV talk shows and a prevailing media ethos that has no basis in reality. How did we end up here? Jeffrey Tucker says we need the answers to this question. Certain issues should be absolutely off-limits to the courts. Those issues pertain to fundamental questions concerning science and its application to human health. Of all the things that need to be outside the realm of politics and the courts, it's these. The courts lack the competence. Even if the decision goes the right way, there's no real basis for feeling relieved and secure about our future. Now he says, liberty can win this one and lose the next one. It all depends on court appointments. That's not how a social order can operate. We need a system in which foundational issues of health, science, and liberty are outside the scope of the court system. And he says, I wish I knew how to get there. We've been on a very long trajectory in which government exercises ever more control over our lives, inch by inch, for the better part of a century. We've come to the point where this control is a severe threat to our capacity to live free and dignified lives without being subject to the arbitrary whims of experts with power. And the courts have been acquiescent for too acquiescent for too long. He says, if we had a really, really, if we had a functioning court system and a constitution that uh, it followed, the forced closures of March 2020 would have been struck down in hours and ruled out as incompatible with freedom itself. So he says, my highest hope is that the majority opinion here, if it goes the right way, will not be narrow and evasive, picking the mandate apart based on technicalities, but instead it should be sweeping and fundamental. It should say in no uncertain terms that this mandate should never have been issued and that the court should never have to intervene in such matters in the future. Jeffrey Tucker says, freedom requires at least the presumption that businesses and all institutions can operate without acting as proxies for the federal health police, pushing injections on workers against their will, and that workers have the right to determine what medicines they will and will not take. In fact, the very existence of this case in the Supreme Court reveals something is fundamentally broken about our presumptions about the relationship between the individual and the state. And he says it must be fixed. We've played too many games and taken too many risks for too long. Yes, there's a link in the show notes. Check it out at thebrianhydeshow.com. This is The Brian Hyde Show.